She's not here to judge. She's here to report the honest news on healthy living. She's Andrea Donsky, along with Lisa Davis. It's time for Naturally Savvy. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis along with Andrea Donsky, and I wanted to talk a little bit about people with invisible disabilities today. And basically what that means is is we're talking specifically about people with brain-based uh disorders where you look at the person and you can't tell, for example, autism spectrum disorder, ADHD or ADD, dyslexia. Uh, there's a lot of things out there where you look and go, huh, you look fine to me, but there's a lot of struggles going on. And so, you know, Andrea, we've talked about this before, and I just think it's such an important topic. And there's a lot of people out there who are struggling and, you know, need some help. Absolutely. And it's one of those things that are invisible, right? Lisa, obviously that's the name of your book. And I think that, you yeah. know, people are embarrassed or some people, I mean, if you're a child, it's one thing, but as you get older, I mean, sometimes, you know, mental illness is one of those things that can be embarrassing for some people or it's not spoken about a lot. So I think your book is such an awesome tool and resource for people. So tell us a little bit about why you wrote the book and also what the book is about. Yeah. And I also want to say in the book, Easy to Love, But Hard to Live with, Real People, Invisible Disabilities, True Stories, it was actually edited by myself and Trisha Blivin-Chazanoff, who is a wonderful neuroscientist. She also has OCD and she has a son with Asperger's. And there are some mental illnesses in the book. We have people with panic disorder, depression, bipolar. And then there's the other things that aren't mental illnesses like the autism spectrum and the learning disabilities. There's a great Q&A with Henry Winkler, who we all love. Hey, you know, I mean, who doesn't love the Fawns. He's also hysterically funny in Arrested Development. I mean, he's still going strong. I mean, he's just amazing. Nicest guy. At any rate, I wanted to do the book. Oh, he talks about his struggle with dyslexia, how his parents would call him a dumb dog, and his teachers just called him lazy. I mean... Yeah, it's 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 really tragic. He he says this thing where he used to lie in bed when he was young and he would wish that his parents would move and not give a forwarding address. Like that's how bad it was. Like he'd oh rather be gosh. completely on his own than living with his people. I mean, could you imagine calling your kid a dumb dog? I mean, oh you know, gosh, but there's so awful. much that people don't understand. Whereas with my daughter who has learning disabilities and some other neurological issues, we know what's going on. Now she still struggles. We have con- you know, daily issues and things that come up, but at least her teachers know and her friends know and her family knows. I mean, that's why I wanted to do the book because there are people out there struggling where people don't know and kids are still being called lazy and stupid and you're just not trying when there's actually real issues going on. And also my mother suffered for years uh, with sensory issues. She has something called sensory processing disorder and she died in her 50s from ovarian cancer, <clears throat> excuse me, never being validated. And the only reason that I know she has this is because my daughter has it too. And when I talked to an occupational therapist, they're the ones that usually diagnose it. And I explained, she was like, oh, your mother was like textbook sensory processing disorder. Wow. And so just to raise that awareness, I hate, the, I hate the idea that somebody is living with something and everyone's like, oh, just get over it. You're too sensitive. What's the big deal? When it really is a big deal. So tell us a little bit about sensory. Tell us a little bit about this sensory disorder, sensory processing disorder. Yeah, well, for sensory, well, you know, it's interesting. For my mother, it was, she was sensitive to smells, temperature, speed. She couldn't drive on the highway because it was too fast. It made her nervous. She had a lot of anxiety. And it used to be such a pain because when we would drive, I'm Jewish, and we would drive, she'd drive us to Hebrew school, and she would have to take the back ways to the temple. And Andrea, everyone's like, what is with your mother? Why can't she just get on the darn highway? It takes it like it took an hour instead of like 20 minutes if she would... 
And you <laughs> see, and people are like, oh, Diane is so weird. And she wouldn't walk on grass. And she didn't like going to the beach, even though she loves water because of sand on her feet. We couldn't cook with spices. Mm. The house was like always like an icebox. She would sit in her room for hours a day because she was just overwhelmed by the world. And then I had this mm. daughter who, as a baby, when the wind would blow on her face, she would cry. I remember the right. first time we took her to the beach, she was one. She cried the whole time because it was really windy. And we we're like, I thought she'd like it. Like, who doesn't like the beach, right? Or she would right. get overwhelmed when we went to the grocery store because of all the sights and the sounds and the smells. The sound. And there was just so much going on. And so there's a lot of people still. And the DSM-5, which has the, you know, autism spectrum, it has a different mental illnesses. It still doesn't list sensory processing disorder, which is such a shame. And that's really? a whole other issue. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Well, I it think really you should doesn't. get on that, Lisa. I think that's something that I you think should I should too. in terms of, you know, and it's absolutely. I mean, in terms of, you know, any type of disorder, I think there's so many people that are living with it. And, you know, like you said, Lisa, like some of them may not know it or some of them might be embarrassed of it. I mean, tell us a little bit, you know, what's so interesting to me is that first of all, I think you're such an awesome mother and I know, you know, oh, Lila, and I know what you go through and your patience <laughs> and how it does it, you know, and I think you should talk a little bit about your struggles as a parent living with a child who has some type of disorder, right? Yeah, it really is. I mean, every day we have a new challenge, but we also have plenty of delights as well. Like I wouldn't trade her even with all the all the issues. I mean, she's right now she's struggling with school because she has learning disabilities and the sensory stuff and a little I'd say a touch of autism. She has something called PDD-NOS, which is where you have some of the characteristics, but not enough to get the diagnosis. So I take my hand, put your hand right on top of the other hand. And that's like, there's autism's your lower hand, put the other hand on. And that's, that's what she has. So mm. there's a lot of different stuff with dyslexia, with ADHD. So lately, she's been really frustrated. And she feels like her teachers talk to her like she's a three year old, and it makes her feel stupid. But they're just trying to help her and help her learn better but it's just it's really complicated but I think just knowing what she has makes a big difference and looking at her and knowing that she says about herself she says well I have learning differences and it's okay whereas my mother just had to be why am I such a freak like she would feel really bad about herself right and that's why an easy to love but hard to live with in the book we have people who share their stories who are people who live with different invisible challenges and then we have people who love them and then we have experts who give you know who give advice and so it's really huge you know what i'd like to know is a little bit when it comes to you know the book itself what i'd love to know is what are some of the stories or what are some of the issues that you talk about in the book so lisa like for example some of the stories you talked about henry winkler he you know had his issues like what are some other issues so we talk about is it or just the depression is there anxiety is it stress like talk of, give us a little bit of a an idea of what people can find in that book in terms of the disorders that you're talking about yeah definitely you know one of the things that uh sorry i i have dogs i'm just going to leave it at that uh and they they can't help i have to say since we've gotten our dogs my daughter doesn't freak out as much like she's able to cuddle them and they're able to comfort her so i'm just going to throw that in so if you hear some background noise that's my silly dogs but they have been incredible help incredibly helpful but in the book i mean we have a woman who had uh agoraphobia or still has and it was so severe she had to drop off at high school agoraphobia is where you have a fear of being in open spaces and what it really is too is your fear of having a panic attack you're panic attacks, you basically feel like you're going to die. That's the way that people who I've talked to describe it. And it's so severe, you I've never want to have one again. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. You should talk about... 
Yeah, that is yeah. really scary. So we have that. We have a wonderful story called Because of Charlie, which is about a grandfather who struggled with depression, but then his autistic grandson sort of helped bring him out of it just oh. when he had to help him. We have a wonderful story by Brian Cuban about body dysmorphic disorder, where you look in the mirror and what you see isn't really reality. We have a great wow. story about a woman who has ADD and so do both of her children and how there's a lot of chaos in the home and how do you deal with that? And that's when we have amazing experts that help too. You know, what I want to know, Lisa, is that, you know, when you were writing the book or I guess editing the book, do you, was there any, are there any answers as to why this is happening? Why is it just that we're more aware of it now? Or do you think that it's I think that there's so. something in the environment causing it? Like, do you think it's just always been the same? I tend to go on the side of it's always been there. You know, I don't, I mean, maybe there's some environmental stuff, but honestly, if you look at my family history, there are all these anxiety, sensory issues. Um, I don't know about the autism, but everything else. And so I think that it really is, if you look, I talked to my aunt, just last story, who is in her 80s, okay? And she said, I can name five kids right now that had ADHD, dyslexia, and were on the autism spectrum. They were called lazy and stupid. And I think wow. now we're just more aware. But I hope people will get the book. Again, easy to love but hard to live with. Real people, invisible disabilities, true stories. It is, it's so nice. It's like a support group in a book. <laughs> where can you, Lisa, where can people find the book? Oh, you can get it on Amazon. And I just, again, the, the it's just a very touching book and it can really help improve your life. No, I definitely agree. And I think anytime you can read something that helps you feel better or helps you understand certain things. I think, you know, that's crucial. So Lisa, thank you. And then how can people follow you on Twitter? Oh, at Health Media Gal 1. Woohoo! At Health Media Gal 1. All right. I'm Andrew Donsky along with Lisa Davis. This is Naturally Savvy Radio on Radio MD. Thanks for listening, everyone, and stay well.